Welcome to Building Fortunes Radio. Make sure you check us out at buildingfortunesradio.com. Along with our marketing partners, we're here to help our PM Marketing Network Lead customers build their businesses and make the world a better place. At Building Fortunes, we know how much your business means to you and the people important to you. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Now on to our show with your host, Peter Mingles. Peter Mingles here. You are listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. It's a Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. on the central side, and we are here every Saturday at this time with a good friend of ours. His name is Scott Johnson. Scott Johnson, this is actually his radio show on Building Fortunes Radio. If you go back to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash Scott, Dash Johnson, you'll be able to pick up all the different radio shows that we've done. And if you looked, we've been doing this for a while. It's been since 2000, I think, and 15. Um, and the way this whole thing got started, I love to be able to tell the story about the way this whole thing got started. I'm going to go quick because we have a guest today. And today's show, I'm sure, is going to be an interesting one. Um, we have a, a, a guest today, and uh, like I had mentioned, Scott Johnson called me up after a radio show I did with uh, a couple of gentlemen, Roger Van Blissigen and E. Robert Smith. Bingo! To all those people, that's like a little bit of an inside joke for those people that might be listening. Um, we, uh, I did a radio show with those two gentlemen. They're really smart, educated, anti-MLM critics. So they're critics of MLM. They don't think a good one exists, and they are smart. Like they, you can have an intellectual conversation with Roger Van Vlissingen and E. Robert Smith. Matter of fact, I think E. Robert Smith even wrote a book called Downline. And uh, we had a good conversation. Scott Johnson called me up after that first radio show and said, hey, listen, I, I heard what they said, but they're missing one of the biggest things that is you know, bad about MLM. And I said, what's that, Scott? And he said, the MLM tool scam. And I was associated with Amway three separate times. I was looking for a network marketing company to join, or maybe a network marketing company was looking for me. I'm not really sure how it went, but I wound up joining Amway the first time, and I found that the tools, which they call the system, was a bigger part than the product sales. And when I was looking at the compensation plan, I didn't see any part of the compensation plan relative to the system. So I knew somebody was making money on the system, which was okay because systems cost money to make and develop and all that sort of stuff. But it was so lopsided I quit. Then I joined again um, because I figured, well, maybe I just got the wrong view, maybe the wrong upline or whatever. And then it was the same thing, so I quit. And then the third time I told the guy, if this is the same as the last two times, and he lied. He said, no, it wasn't. And then when I finally figured it out, and he had to uh, – he kind of had to admit to it. Um, then I quit the third time. So I was not sure if Scott was talking about the same tools scam that I was thinking about. So I asked him, do you have a website? And he said, I sure do. It's called Amway. I'm sorry, stop the Amway toolscam.wordpress.com. And that started, and again, I'm going to keep this conversation relatively brief, to Scott and I starting this conversation, and it started to kind of make people aware of not only the tool scam, but also some of the other things that happen in MLM. And I did not know at that time when we started the radio show that this would be one of our longest-running radio shows. And one of the reasons why is because Scott really studies MLM. He's interesting and fun to talk to. He's um, a gentleman who knows a lot, studies a lot. And also, um, when we do these radio shows, we talk about a lot of things that I think if someone listens to 
you know, half a dozen or a dozen of these radio shows, they'll probably be exposed to just about everything there is to be exposed to in this industry so they can make sure that at least they're aware of some of the issues that they should raise some questions on relative to their decision of whether they wanted to do MLM or not. So I'm a pro-MLM guy when done right, anti-MLM guy that's done wrong, and people that are smart, they can figure out what that means. People that are dumb, they still can't figure that out. And uh, that's repeated, of course, and many times, as you can hear the references to uh, people that might be listening in. But the reality was is we started doing this radio show, and uh, it's been great. We've done a lot of them on our own. We've done many of them with guests. Um, some of the guests have been pro-MLM. Some of the guests have been anti-MLM. Some of the guests are vendors or attorneys or people that are uh, YouTubers. Or We've even had some really great um, shows that uh, kind of exposed the similarities between cults and child sex trafficking and other predatory practices. So like I mentioned, if you kind of listen in, you'll be able to hear a whole bunch of uh, interesting stuff. Now, I'll let Scott do the introduction of our guest in just a second, but Scott's got a couple of websites, and he's going to kind of tell you about that, and we'll review, I'm sure, some of the things before we get started. But um, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to all of our Building Forces Radio listening audience. Um, hopefully, at a safe and a healthy Thanksgiving, it would be totally out of character if I didn't say, you know what I mean for you goons. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hope you had that kind of a Thanksgiving, uh, or maybe holiday travels, but we'll leave that as we continue on our Building Fortress radio listening audience as we're taunting these people. So, Scott Johnson, thanks for being here on your own radio show. Hey, Peter, thanks for having me. Yes, we have a guest, and I think we're going to have a good conversation tonight. Um, and, and you're right, you know, when, when MLM is done right, we support it, and when it's done wrong, we don't. Now, you don't have to read between the lines with me because towards the beginning of every show, uh, I would say almost every show, we may have skipped it now and then, um, we talk about what is MLM done right. And it, it consists of two things for me. The two major problems in MLM today are one that you mentioned earlier, the tool scam. And not every MLMs have tool scams, but the ones that do, particularly Amway, because I believe it's the not only the largest MLM in volume, but it also is the most abusive tool scam system. And what we're talking about there are the upper-level uh, IBOs, they call them, independent business owners. Um, and they sell things like tickets to meetings, books, recordings, phone apps, website access, voicemail. It's just all kinds of things. And it's not that they make the profit from it. It's that they don't like to talk about making most of their profit from the tools versus Amway. And I've got several examples on my websites that show uh, that they do make most of their money from the tools. Um, and and uh, in fact, up to 10 times or more from the tools compared to Amway. So, you know, for those really stupid people um, that listen pretty much every week and, and still don't get it, we're going to keep repeating it until the really stupid people along with uh, her goons somehow absorb this idea. Um, the fact that that is, I believe, RICO fraud, it's at least business fraud, right? Because when you misrepresent a business model to someone that you want to get into business with, that's called lying. And in a business environment, it's called fraud. And I believe it's even RICO fraud. Um, and, and so that's a big problem. Now, 
Not all MLMs have tool scams like Amway. I know Herbalife does. There's probably others. I don't try to study this too much because it's kind of hard to even figure out how much money is being made. Um, they don't talk about it much. I'm, I'm fortunate with Amway because there's been people that were kicked out and they start talking and and that's the examples you'll see on my websites is uh, people that were actually making that money got kicked out of Amway and then they just, they just started talking and, and I've collected those things and put them on my websites. And by the way, um, if you go to facebook.com slash Scott text Johnson, that's S C O T T T E X J O H N S O N. I've got three websites linked there as well as the link to this radio show, my YouTube, my email, uh, just all kinds of information and, and ways to get, you know, back with me. Um, if, if you so desire, um, now, the other big problem, which I believe is either universal or almost universal, I, I do have some um, understanding that some of the insurance MLMs do have uh, a decent amount of retail sales. And that's the other problem with MLM is the lack of retail sales. And when we talk about retail sales, we're talking about selling the product and or service to someone who's not part of the MLM compensation plan. So sales to downline does not count. That's considered internal consumption and only retail sales is what we're talking about as far as people who are not part of that MLM compensation plan. Uh, I, I believe in most MLMs it's in the low to middle single digit percentages. I know that Amway was 3.4% a few years ago because they hired an outside company to tell them how much retail sales they had, and they said 3.4%. And we happen to know that number because even though it was a confidential study, um, one of the uh, people who got kicked out by the name of Warren Woodward, um, when he got kicked out, the next day, literally, he sued Amway uh, in, in California, and that was part of his lawsuit was he said, yeah, and we hire somebody and it's 3.4%, that's an illegal pyramid. And, and so, um, you know, that's just a fact. And I think that most MLMs have overpriced products, and that's the main cause that leads to that. Now, another main cause that leads to it is the tool scam, because if the upline wanted to maximize their profit, which most people in business want to do, then they would think to themselves, well, gee, do I want my downline out there selling stuff, you know, to customers, um, you know, retail sales with their limited time uh, because I'll make pennies on that. Or do I, do I want them to go recruit somebody so that they also buy the tools and then I can make dollars? Well, it's a pretty easy decision. And, and so it's a very strong incentive to emphasize recruiting when you have a tool scam, um, but even without a tool scam, with just overpriced products, it's very difficult to get somebody to buy an overpriced product if, if there's nothing else in the deal for them. So those are the two biggies. Um, and by the way, lack of retail sales is the definition of an illegal pyramid. You know, we see all these anti-MLM hunts talking all over the place particularly social media, and they throw around the P word, but they couldn't define it if they had to. They just don't even know what it means. They just use the word and 
and they, they think they look cool, but they don't understand what the word means. So, so that's the meaning of the word, lack of retail sales. And there's no law that defines the minimum, but with Vima and Herbalife a few years ago, both of those companies agreed to um, about 50%. Uh, in other words, if you sell at least as much, and this is the minimum, at least as much as your household uses across the board, then you would have 50%. I'm, I'm quite sure that the FTC would consider that to be a legitimate MLM from a retail sales point of view, and they wouldn't touch you because there's plenty of other MLMs out there that have much, much lower retail sales. So that's um, that's the lead-in. We do have a great guest tonight. His name is David, and, and David, I'll just um, hand it off to you, I think. You can make whatever introductory comments you want. Um, and ask us any questions you want or make any statements you want. This is your show, and we like to have our guests uh, have an open mind and and uh, talk about what they want to talk about. So the floor is well, yours, and welcome and to the show. David, you're here, and before you get started, let me just kind of – um, I just want to comment. Uh, well, actually, why don't you tell people how this whole thing got started, this whole conversation, so this way they can kind of put some of the pieces of the puzzle together. Because uh, you could be David from anywhere, but there's a specific reason why this whole thing started. So why don't you give us a little bit of the backdrop? Sure, sure. Uh, so my name is David, and uh, first of all, I just have to say real quick, no one got Hamas or – burn slowly so you might have to add that to your christmas list this year peter <laughs> anyway uh, first... <laughs> no one got him off okay. yeah no one got him off sadly. So, anyway. the weekend's not over the weekend's not you, over you know it you know it anyway first things first so basically i uh you guys would probably classify me as a goon but i you know watch the i feel like name that shall not be named and basically there had been some comments from that side of the field that I wanted to talk to you, Peter, about. So I'd given you a call what week, week and a half ago, and just kind of asked for your comment. You didn't really know about it, so I told you the timestamps, said that you'd listen, called you back uh, the next week because the next episode had come out, and things got a little bit more serious. So then I think me and you had the 90-minute long conversation, kind of just going over all the lore. So, I mean, there's just a lot of different moving pieces in this whole thing that's been going on for years, really, but more consistently over the last uh, seven or eight months. And uh, it just keeps on getting deeper and deeper and more and more elevated. And I think that a lot of what we were talking about was maybe things are going a little bit too far on either side and then kind of just turned into a whole conversation about MLM in general, which I figure it's probably good for me to start and say that I have never been in an MLM. I've been uh, pitched multiple ACN, Amway, uh, the most recent was WFG. And really, I think that's important to understand where I'm coming from. Basically, my wife gets her lashes done by a lady named Tao. And she had approached her during a lash appointment and said, hey, have, are you and your husband looking for financial freedom? Are you guys struggling with your bills? Do you possibly want to look into an opportunity? I kind of knew what it was, but I'm always curious. I always want to go through with it and see see what we find. We ended up doing probably three different appointments, got connected with her upline. That led me to watch Marco's video, which I'm sure you guys are aware that he has now four parts in that series. At the time, it was just the three um, where he covers WFG. Uh, I read Ponzi-nomics, and 
basically came to the conclusion that WFG was not a good opportunity and tried to express that to her flash technician, Tao, to no success, of course. And just through that, of course, found out about Marco. And then this lore obviously has pulled in, pulled me in even more. But basically, yeah, just the lore of that. And then, of course, you guys have been talking with Glenn a lot recently. And I think, I think there's a lot more that y'all agree on than that you disagree on. And I think that we could have a great conversation about it tonight. So one of the things that, that I'll just kind of add to what you had referenced, you had called me, I think even way before then, and so oh, yeah, when way. you called me this last time, um, you had you had kind of asked for Scott to give you a buzz back. I don't think you guys connected for whatever reason. And then when you called me this last time and talked to about Marco and the, you know, the direct threats that he's making against me, um, I just said, you know, Okay, so let's just have a, you know, thanks for the tip-off. I don't really watch Marco's videos from beginning to end. I find them kind of, it's pretty hard to watch. But Marco's got a beef with Scott. Marco now has a beef with me. We have a beef with Marco because he's always so stupid. And uh, Marco basically turns his channel into um, reviewing whatever we say um, because he can't really build the channel any other way. <laughs> so that's really the way it is. So when, when you call me up and you said, hey, you know, whatever. I said, well, David, you sound like a nice guy. Let's have a conversation. We started talking about whatever's going on with Marco. We'll, we'll probably de delve into a little bit of that as well, because that's always fun. And he needs the money anyway, because he raises the most money when we, when we start talking about him and his goons um, uh, start uh, going back and forth. But there's very, one of the reasons why I was frustrated and some people say, you know, Glenn's always saying, hey, you got to have Marco on. Yeah, have Marco on. Marco's just so stupid, it's not even worth it. Um, I've had conversations with other people before, but the conversation that I've had with you specifically, I mean, we have a nice conversation. Separated from the Marco conversation, you know, we could either, you know, do stuff together with, we could, you know, he's your kindred spirit, I think, in many ways. We might have disagreements in certain other ways, but you seem like a nice guy. We found out a little bit more about you even before this radio show. So we can have a constructive, I'm going to underline the word constructed conversation about whatever topic you want to have about relative to MLM, because we can have a conversation even if we disagree. Part mm -hmm. of the problems with Glenn is we, I, you know, I like Glenn personally, but we can have a conversation with Glenn, but he gets stuck on that 99.9999 and or that he thinks Marco's the best presenter on the planet and the, that he thinks that the Marco coming back on our radio show is ever going to happen because it'll be the best thing since like, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian in a you know, reality a reality TV show. But the reality is, is no, that's not the case. And instead of like sitting there just like, oh my God, just kind of dealing with Glenn, you got to have Marco back. You got to have Marco back. What for? He's an idiot. He, he lies. He makes up shit, all that sort of stuff. Um, the reality is, is that I think we can have a constructive conversation with you. So that kind of lays the foundation and the groundwork for maybe anybody that might be listening in, uh, as far as on Building Forces radio listening audience, or maybe might, some might be listening in a little bit later on um, relative to um, anything else that we might be talking about. So mm -hmm. I'll let you comment on that, and then we'll just jump into whatever you want to ask or whatever we want to talk about. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and I guess I agree with Glenn. I think that it would be really cool if you guys brought Marco on the show simply because it would be entertaining, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe, you know, you guys think he's stupid, then, of course, there, there's that. And I think also – you know, Glenn has his, I mean, he, he is stuck on the 99.7%. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I guess that's really the big thing that I would, that I would like to start with because I talked to Scott briefly because uh, Scott had called me, texted me, said, Hey, 
Peter got a hold of me, says maybe he'd be interested. We had a short phone call. And uh, and then on our phone call, you basically, you're like, no way, no way, 99.7, there's no way that it's possible. Uh, you, you know, you said you could rattle off people that are making, you know, that are making money, therefore, you know, it can't be 99.7. And then Scott had made the claim that he knows, you know, that he thinks it's 99.7% in Amway. So I, I, my first question would be, do you agree that in Amway specifically, maybe the loss rate is 99.7%? I don't, I don't know that much about Amway to say either yes or no. I would probably say no because 99.7 is pretty close to um, 100%. And even mm -hmm. when I was with Amway, so personal experience. So when I was with Amway the very, 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 very first time, um, and this was before the Internet, you know, was real, um, where Amway people used to, you know, you come over every Thursday and you order the products and you ship them, or they weren't shipped, you'd pick them up lo locally or stuff like that, and your upline wrote you a check for your commissions. Well, even though I never recruited anybody, I got a check from my upline. Now, it wasn't a big check because I didn't buy a lot, and I didn't recruit anybody up at that point, but I got a check. Mm -hmm. It was a small check. It was a pitiful check. I never cashed the check because it was so. It was like six dollars and fifty cents from their from their checking account that she wrote out. And I'm like, she needs the money more than I need the money. I'm like, this is this is the rebate is nice, but no thank you kind of a thing. So even me on my very first Amway attempt having never recruited anybody but still bought a product, got a check. So there's nothing – that's the lowest common denominator. The only other low common denominator would be I didn't buy any product, so, but I bought product, and I got a rebate check. So when people say 99.7% don't get a check, I say that's bullshit. Now, mm -hmm. if you're – if you change the conversation and you say run a profitable business, like a 99.7% are not profitable, I'd say, oh, that's a totally different story. Because if you're in the Amway, let's call it system, some people might call sure. it cult, use whatever, chose you, whatever you choose, <laughs> you're losing money right away. Because that's why they tell you you've got to keep your job. And the reason why you keep your job is because that's the only way you'll be able to afford to buy all the books, tapes, and functions. So are you running a profitable business? I'd say the percentage would be very few people run a profitable Amway business in the first year. And then they probably quit or they just become customers because maybe they like the, the products or whatever. But to say that 99.7% of the people never get a check cut or you know some kind of commission paid would be absolutely false. So I'll stop sure. there. Uh, that's okay. my Amway question. So yeah, I want to sure. still well, explain. And I, and I, guess... I want to still explain a little bit more, but when we're done, so we have more to talk about this. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, it's a small point, but I mean, and one thing I do want to say is that it. I think that's. I think that's what the statistic is saying. It's when Glenn or Marco say 99.7% of people lose money. They didn't. They didn't say 99.7% of people never get a check. They said that, you know, overall, let's say, and I, and I have a good example. So I have a friend and I think I told you about this story, the guy Soren who tried to recruit me into Amway uh, four, three or four years ago. 
And basically, he was in Amway for a long time. He he had a downline. He had people. He had his upline. He was heavily invested in the tools. He was going to all the conferences and everything else. And, it you know, he is now out of Amway. I found out about it. Me and him had like an hour and a half long conversation on the phone as well. And I talked to him. I asked him. I said, hey, let's break things down. Like, don't don't count the conventions. Don't count the books. Don't count any of that. How much money have you spent on products? Right. And then we, okay. And how much money did you, you know, how much money in sales did you make from selling products? And, you know, even if you count, even if you didn't count the fact that, you know, oh, well, you know, I had to eat food regardless, right. We all have to go to the grocery store period. So, you know, you can argue, well, the products are overpriced. Okay. Well, forget it. Just, Hey, if you ate it yourself or you use the product yourself, don't count it towards the total. Did you lose money? Yes. I lost money. So, I think that, you know, we can all say, hey, you spent 10000 you made 9000 so you got a check for $9,000, but you still lost $1,000. Does that make sense? That, I think that's what they mean, Peter, is at least that's how I see it when they talk I about the 99.7. I think they talk about the, 90, the 99.7 as if no one ever makes any money in that company. 99.7 is as close to 100% as it gets. And I think that's yeah, wrong. Three out of a thousand. Three out of a thousand. Yeah. I mean, and if we look at it from on, think, the think perspective, about it, it, think about it logically. Take out yeah. the word Amway. Put any other company. Put any other company. Tell me if that sounds right. Ninety-nine point seven doesn't make any money. Three out of a thousand people the, make money. The, as the other person on this call that was an Amway, um, I would ask you, Peter, did you buy the books, the tapes, the functions? Not the first time um, because I was just interested in the product. Um, and then the second and third time, I probably bought some of the tapes and some of the products because I wanted to – I was told I needed tools to be able to do that. And one of the times, the third time – I think I went to like what they might consider like a regional meeting where I paid $99 for a ticket. Yeah. Cause I always, when I, whenever I think about making money, it's the net profit. It's not the gross profit. Sure. You might right. make a check for six fifty, but if you went to a meeting for 10 bucks, guess what? You lost three fifty. Um, now right. I would also look at, now you did make a decision to buy the products. And so that's fine you know, even though they're overpriced, but the, the way I always analyze this is because the distributors, the IBOs have that conjoined incentive that, that we talk about, you know, from the, uh, what was that lawsuit that the judge talked about the conjoined, uh, um, burn lounge, uh, the judge in burn lounge said that distributors have a conjoined opportunity. Uh, whereas a customer, if you're just a customer, you look at the product, the price, and you make a decision, yes or no, to buy it. But a distributor is being told all the time, my one-line description of an MLM, the way they're promoted, is if you work hard enough and long enough, you'll get filthy rich. And so distributors are willing to buy overpriced products because they're being told by their upline, look, if you want to get to where I am, you've got to do what I did. Uh, I bought the products. I bought the tools. Those are the key things. Um, and, and so – Whenever I look at a distributor buying a product, I would say that that product does not have zero value. Now, the FTC does say that, which I think is stupid, um, but it does have 
extra costs. And so when you buy any MLM product and you look at the price, you ought to subtract out the value of that compared to a comparable product on the market. And then only that extra cost is, is really what I would consider lost money uh, because, again, you made that decision based on what your upline was telling you that you got to buy the products, you got to buy the tools to get where I am. That's, that's just, you know, the, the shortcut is what they call it. Um, and, and so I don't give it zero value, but I do say, hey, if it's twice as much as a comparable product, then half of that cost is really lost money. Uh, that, that's how I look at it. And I also subtract out any other costs, um, you know, and I look at it from a, if not for the business, would you have spent that money, whether it's books, tapes, functions, whatever. Um, and that also is subtracted from whatever check you get from Amway. And, and I think that's really the basis of the 99.7, and I do believe it's accurate. Um, it, it was considered in the U.K. study back in 2006 and seven. It was also considered in the um, Wisconsin case back in the 1980s. They did look at overhead, um, and, and they did come to basically a 99.7. I mean, you can, you can argue it whether it's 99.7 or 98 or 99.9. That's you know, it, it's almost everybody. And, and from that perspective, I would agree. Um, and, and we saw these two, you know, supposedly honest government analyses, and it also lines up with my personal experience uh, that most people do lose money when you look at it from a net profit standpoint. So uh, that's my two cents. Now, I do think there's some very small groups out there. In fact, I knew a guy that was in one of these very small groups, they call themselves independents, and they don't glom onto a, a tool scam system. They actually do emphasize retail sales, and I, I think it's at, at most 5% of the overall IBOs in Amway. Now, and I'm talking about the U.S. here. I'm not super familiar with other parts of the world as far as uh-huh. the tool scam and, and those kinds of things. Uh, so, again, I... I focus on what I know. I don't try to make these generalizations like every single MLM on the planet is 99.7 because that's ridiculous. Um, It's the tool scam that makes it that high. If you don't have the tool scam, then there's no way it can be that high. It's just almost impossible. But anyway, that's my two Mm -hmm. cents. I'll let let David and and you discuss all of that too. Thanks. Well, let me me jump in and I'll just kind of jump on what Scott had said just a little bit earlier. Um, there's a group of people, now they may, they may be a big or a small, they may be coordinated or not, that are not part of this, what Scott calls tool scam culture. So there are people that sell Amway products. There are people that don't do the books, the tapes, and functions the way the uh, Orrin Woodwards did and the way the Dexter Yeagers did and all the other types of people did. So if you added those numbers in, even if they were a small number, it would still mess up your 99.7. So I, what I'm rejecting is that 99.7, which equals almost 100%. Take a look at the exceptions. Take a look at the small groups. Take a look at the people that don't jump into these types of things, and it is not going to be 99.7. It may be a high number. I've already said I don't know how high that number is. 
but I know that number mm -hmm. is not 99.7%. So, you know, I, I, so David, you can discuss whatever more you want to discuss, and we should probably move on to the industry in general. I know uh, Glenn has Amway tattooed on his brain, so everything mm -hmm. is basically a function of whatever's going on with Amway. And even if you mention another company, it always comes back to Amway. It's kind of like a bar magnet. You know, it always comes back there. The iron filings always go back to the north setting of Amway, Amway, Amway. But if you want to talk about any other network marketing company or any other network marketing experiences, we can. Sure. Uh, so to quickly wrap this one up, basically, I just mentioned it because I thought it was interesting that you guys had differing viewpoints, thought it would make for a good conversation, and it totally did. Uh, I think it's tough with Glenn, right, because his dad, I mean, he has the trauma from his father, right? So, I mean, he's got a dad who's been in Amway for over two decades, seen him fail for so long, and that's his passion. That's why he talks about it, right? So, it makes sense yeah, that I, it would be a really, really big deal for him. I get it, but I was a little confused. I, I was a little confused on the last conversation that Glenn and Scott had because I think he – Scott, I think – Glenn said his dad was making a thousand dollars a week at one point. And for did a short I miss period of time, that? Yeah. Or was no, that real? For a short period of time. For a short period of time he was making about a thousand dollars a week, which is about equivalent to having a million dollars in the bank, right? So Right, that's the way it was for reframed. For a short period of time. But then yeah, it fell but, apart. But he, in, in most businesses. Most Amway businesses do fall apart. That's that's normal. So let's take a look at that conversation as well towards my ninety nine percent debacle. Um, sure, when you're sure. running any when you're running any kind of a sales industry, and of course, you know, people like Marco, they've never run a sales industry because they don't understand how these things work. But if you think of like it's a car with eight cylinders, at any given time, not all eight cylinders are going to be running super duper hot. Like not every eight people are going to be peaking at the same time. Not every eight people are going to be plummeting at the same time. So your sales will never be, will never be. from any one source. What you're probably going to find is that two of the guys are running hot, two of the guys are running cold, you know, the other four are kind of flat. And then next week it's the other four guys are kind of, the two guys who are hot are now kind of cold and whatever. So what I'm saying is the cylinders are always going up and down and up and down and up and down. That's why they use cylinders on a car as an analogy. When you're running a sales organization, you're always going to have a hot Glenn's dad. Like there's somebody somewhere or some group of people that don't know any better and they're making a thousand bucks a week and they throw off your numbers. They're always going to throw off your numbers. Mm -hmm. Now, they might all quit by next week or next month or six months from now. Or whatever they were doing was just a, was just a bubble. You know, it might have been just a, like a burp, if you will, on the sales scale. But they mess up your numbers. So that's why I go back to the idea of 99.7% is an impossible number. So, mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. Gad, let, what else did you want to reference as far as Glenn or anything regarding yeah, that? I, I think I think the, the – exact percentage is really not even the main topic here. The main topic should be retail sales and tool scams. Uh, they create a very high loss rate. They create a very high loss rate. What that exact number is, it's really not that important. We know it's very high. Yeah. Um, it, and so trying to say exactly what it is, um, it really is not the main idea. The main idea is you're running an illegal pyramid, lack of retail sales, and you're in the middle of a RICO fraud tool scam. And, th and those are the main things that cause a very high failure rate. What the exact number is, I, I honestly don't care. 
sure, sure. I, and I agree with I you. Agree and, that... and, and real quickly, I just want to say I do think that if you asked Glenn today and said, hey, well, did your, has your dad lost money overall through his whole time with Amway, he would probably say yes. And, again, that's exactly what the 99.7 is saying. It's not saying that you lost money 100% of the time. It's just that you lost money overall. But, anyway, yeah, like you, like you just said, Scott, it doesn't matter what the number is. The fact of the matter is is that Amway's system with the tool scam specifically leads to lots of people losing money. Yeah, I agree. So that's so my biggest argument with anybody that mentions that 99.7 is – Mm-hmm. The number has nothing to do with the concept that most people are losing money. has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the concept mm-hmm. that most people in Amway don't realize they're doing a pyramid scheme. And that pyramid scheme is taught from above. It's the transfer mm-hmm. buy method. Transfer buy means you don't have to worry about selling. You buy from yourself and teach other people to do the same. And that mm-hmm. culture is the message coming from the top. Maybe not from the Amway top, but from the distributor upline top. That's the message. Mm -hmm. So they are teaching people how to build a pyramid based on the FTC's definition. Now, I have a problem with the FTC's definition because I think personal consumption is real and it should be commissionable. And there's nothing wrong with a lot of personal consumption. There should be sales to customers because that's what a direct sales company is supposed to do. What percentage, nobody's really figured out yet. But the reality is is that personal consumption is real volume because there's work done on getting personal consumption. Where the deception comes from is whether you're going to be rich as a result of this. And that's where Amway falls apart by letting their leaders – Talk about the lifestyle of rich and famous not being generated by the tools. Uh, they think the average person doesn't know any better, so they're just doing what they're told, and there's where the deception lies. So the Amway deception is in the pyramid portions of the Amway deception because they don't really promote retail sales. Now, they're trying to, and um, there's a couple of things we can probably talk about if we want to relative to Amway being I get. I don't. I don't think the word is sued. Uh, they're being. Uh, I don't know. Fined in India for money laundering, and we could talk about that maybe some other time. But the reality is, is part of the cookie is crumbling with Amway. I believe at least overseas. So, is there any other sure. comments you want to make, or any other topics you want to talk about? We are done about the ninety-nine point seven for sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's so jump let me, over to Marco. Let me go, yep. Let so me do one one last thing. Um, because uh, I was a distributor in a network marketing company. I've been a distributor in many network marketing companies. I've been a distributor in companies that I don't even know I was a distributor in, meaning, and and that might be pretty hard for people to kind of figure out because they don't understand the industry. But people like me, sometimes people say to me, hey, listen, I'm going to put you in. I'm going to give you a spot. I'll pay your way in. I'll pay your monthly. You know, you can either keep the product or you ship them back over here. I know you're a good guy. You'll be able to build this thing. You'll see my, you know, you'll see the light. And they sign me up and they have me. I'm a distributor in more companies than I probably even know about. So I'll just kind of leave that. So I've been a distributor. I've been a, a leader, quote, unquote, of hit uh, regular levels. And then I've been a 
company owner. I've been a partner in an MLM company. Now, do you think if I am an owner of an MLM company, I would know if we're cutting checks to people? The answer would be yes. We cut a ton of checks to people, and they were running profitable businesses in my network marketing company. So for those people that say, no, you can't, it doesn't exist, there's nobody that's done it before, that's not true. I know it. I mean, my, my, my signature's on the bottom line on some of those checks. The reality is I knew it. And, and you know, stupid asses like Marco, oh, he ran a pyramid. Yeah, stupid ass, Marco, you don't even know what a pyramid is, and you're the self-proclaimed guru. And just for those people that are wondering, who is this guy, Marco? Let me give you a little bit of a snippet. Uh, for this little guy, this this little man called Marco. I'm gonna try and masturbate in public and hopefully nobody catches me. I'm gonna try and masturbate in public and hopefully nobody catches me. I'm gonna try and masturbate in public and hopefully nobody catches me. I'm gonna try and masturbate in public and hopefully nobody catches me. So that's Marco. So just for those people that might be wondering, I mean that's his whole goal. So moving on to other things. Go ahead. Uh, you know I. Can we can we both that's at least just be honest and admit that's a admit, cheap admit that that's that clip, a cheap shot. That, yeah, that clip <laughs> is from a short film. You know it. So, but uh, he didn't actually say that about himself. It's from a it's from it was, no, he was he acting. Did. So he did. He was being interviewed. He was being interviewed. Oh, okay, I got more. I thought it was from the. Oh, you want the one? <laughs> do you want the ones he left uh, for me? Anyway, oh, we can we can if you want a character assassination, we can go over real words of these left on my voicemail. But we'll do that later. We'll save that for sure, later. Sure. Let's, let's, how about we cover what he said publicly first? There we go. Sure. Sure. So basically, let's bounce back then. So the first time I called you was two weeks ago, and it was basically he had made a comment uh, that uh, I can't remember what time slot. Anyway, I told you the time slot. And the comment went something along the lines of, I'm currently working up a plan with my secret agent that will make Peter Mingles cry himself to sleep every night. Something or that, you know – Peter Mingles, I'm gonna some, some I have something in the works that's gonna change his life forever. Yeah, I don't. Nature. I remember you said it to me. I listened to it. I don't recall the exact phrasing, but you know, there's, there's several things I want to say there. Number one, Marco is the king of make shit up. So Marco makes shit up. Now his goons, uh, some of them I am sure have talent. So, so I don't even want to call those his goons. Those are his inside guys, like people like Dave Vaughn. Like Dave Vaughn's a smart kid. He's a teacher. He lives in another place. He's got his own persuasions. I'll leave it as that. But Dave Vaughn is not a smart – he's not a stupid person. He's contributed a lot to some of the stuff that is, we've had over here. He would be one of the inside scoop types of people that probably helped uncover different, different things about Scott, maybe even his pictures. There's some other people mm-hmm. – um, that he calls out. So there's, there's not all stupid people that uh, follow Marco, which is somewhat surprising because usually smarter people have probably something better to do. But who knows, however they might be attracted to Marco. So when he says something like that, I don't underestimate their level of ability because Marco says so many stupid things. He's a liar and the king of make shit up. So I'm not really worried about Marco. I don't, like when people say we're going to make you cry you know, or we're going to control every waking minute of your day. Um, I hate to say it. You're not that important. You don't have enough listeners. 
you couldn't do anything. I'm not doing anything illegal, so it's not like, you know, you found out that I'm doing anything illegal, so you can't, like, put me in jail or shut me down or any of that sort of stuff. So I really discount those things as just being trash talk. Um, now, having said something like that, um, if they did anything that could be criminal, well, that's easy enough to figure out, you know. So I, I hope they don't do anything like that. But, you know, how, what do you do to people that do things criminal? Well, you mm-hmm. charge them, put them in jail find them, do whatever. So, I mean, we have the resources to be able to do all that sort of stuff if we need to. Um, and um, always stupid, always stupid Marco, having said that, certainly kind of put himself in a, certainly a possibility of having a lot of things subpoenaed. So we'd have to delete all the evidence or whatever, and that's pretty hard to do. Um, so the reality is, is if anything stupid happens, um, you know, that would be uh, dealt with appropriately, let's just say. So do I do I think it? No. Um, Marco just trash talks. You know, he'd pee his pants if he was ever in front of me and or Scott. Um, you know, he's just, a, you know, I just, I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I, just a little fucking I do personally think he fu- has a lot of balls. I, I think I think that's why people like him. I mean, you look at like his WFG part one video where he goes into that meeting with 200 people and is willing to stand up and say the thing. One of the other lines that you love to make fun of the five and five and five. Uh, he made yeah. that comment in front of all those people at that WFG conference. I mean, that takes balls, you know. So I don't know. No, you know dude, I have a feeling that's, that that's that's stupid. That's that's knowing <laughs> that no one's going to be able to kick your ass publicly. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just kind of like, oh, look at this, you know, look at this asshole who does this sort of stuff in front of other people who thinks he's going to get away with it. And you know, there's mm-hmm. the goodbye movie. You know, Marco's supposedly moving. I'm not even sure if that's true. Um, but the reality is, is Marco supposedly moving because of some of the challenges that he's had from other sources. Um, uh, so I don't know. I think Marco, I really think, and I, I spoke about this to you privately, so I hope you don't mind that I speak this publicly. I think Marco, sure. if, if there was a uh, shrink or people that study like mental illness, people would be able to easily define the type of mental illness that Marco has. Now, he's a highly functioning mental idiot, but the idea that he's got the mental illness of this guy can't even tell the truth. He makes shit up as he goes along. He's stupid enough to do the things that he does publicly and also like his drug dealer video, put it online, like the other things that he said on my voicemail, leave it on something that could be recorded and played back. I mean, the idea that he's stupid enough to do that certainly tells you that he's mentally not very smart. Um, so he's, he's not really, he would, huh, he pee his pants within the first minute of being in front of me or Scott for sure alone in a room. Like he pee his pants, um, within 30 minutes, it'd be over. Like it'd be over. But and the 30 minutes would be like so much fun. It would take 30 minutes to have that much fun. So guys like Marco are guys like Marco. You know, you see them. They're the little peons. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they they trash talk. They're they're keyboard warriors. But you get them in front of a room with somebody that knows how to handle themselves, and Marco would be. yeah, you know, he'd be dead meat. He'd, if he was in front of me, well, he'd have a pee stain on his pants within the first thirty seconds, maybe a minute. 
I might be underestimating. I'll give him two minutes. Be that or piss his pants for sure. If it, so if it ever there, does happen, if it, if it ever does happen, I hope that it's on camera. And uh, I, you know, uh, I will tell you if it's on camera, it will be because of him doing it on camera. So sure. the reality is, but here's the other thing. But David, I just got to tell you, besides the conversation we're having right here, he's not worth any time. He's got no audience. Anybody that would listen to this guy previously, is, he's got nothing. He's, he's, what, a few hundred people that may watch him that are themselves, the majority of them, the majority of them, worthless. I mean, they're just like, they're chat warriors. They're little peons. Yeah. They, they, they're snipers. They say stupid shit. And uh, that's the reality behind them. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, they, they think they have a voice, but, you know, that's what makes the Internet the Internet. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I would say that if, I mean, of course, if you tune into one of his live streams, he might only have, you know, a maximum of 400 people listening at a time. But, you know, people cycle through. I would imagine that of his 88,000, I think they're real. I know you guys don't think they're real. I think that he has a lot of people that subscribe for maybe his stand-up comedy or maybe they subscribed for his music videos back in the day or um, or maybe they subscribed just because they wanted to watch that one WFG video and now they, you know, that's all they were there for. They subscribed and now they just right. never watch. Um, but anyway, right. regardless, he probably does only have about so, a thousand. At so, maximum, I imagine there's a thousand people clicking through on the video on, on each live stream. Yeah. So it's only 188 yeah. of what his subscriber count shows. And some of them, he does serve a function. For the other people that are probably mentally ill, and they need friends, Marco's their friend. So the good thing is that Marco is keeping these people at bay. I mean, he's just like he's babysitting people that need a friend. So how I don't want to be that cruel to people that are mentally ill, but they're probably socially, you know, retarded. They're, they're probably a little bit slow. They probably, you know, are the types of people, and I'm not bashing these types of people maybe they were born that way but the reality is is you know that's marco's crowd now i have the question for you what would you do in a what would you do in a similar situation so let's flip the table and reverse the roles would you be concerned about marco or his goons or anybody else in his listening audience sure um yeah so i mean i i think that marco has a ton of balls i think if you look at like his WFG part four video where he went to that ice skating event uh, and com- directly confronted people that he strongly suspects either took down videos of his or like the gentleman who he goes to his gym that he ended up trying to lie and say that Marco said all these mean things to him. And then he had to like go to the gym manager. I think, I think that a lot of what Marco does is for the content. But I don't deny – I think he is a smart guy. I hate to say it, Glenn. I'm, I'm sorry. And I guess, you know, I don't know if you guys classify me as a goon. I, it's funny. People no. tell me I'm socially retarded all the time. So, you know, I'll, I'll take that one. I am definitely socially retarded. But uh, as far as stupid, I mean, I, anyone who talks about IQ normally uh, doesn't have anything to flaunt. But it's 130. So, I mean, it's, you could call me stupid or not. I've definitely made some stupid decisions in my life. Here's what I think. I think that – Marco, he's in the business of making content, right? I mean, that's what he does. He makes content. I mean, I hate to say it, but you guys are good content, regardless are, if he's ever going to do his something. Channel, his channel and his donations die when he's not talking about us. 
He's got no yeah, yeah. other real content. He's tr- meet meet some Milet guy, meet Zig Ziglar. I mean, li- listen where this guy is struggling to for content. He's got no content mm-hmm. if it's not for Peter yeah. Mingles so, and so, Scott Johnson. So, so. And let's let's admit it, Peter. Peter, you're you're an entertaining guy too, right? I mean, I I personally like the way you talk. I mean, and let's be real. You just said some pretty messed up shit about Marco and his followers, which <laughs> even if it's not true, it's fucking funny to listen to, right? So, uh, yeah. you know, it's just like like the Hamas comment last week, dude. That shit is funny. That shit is funny, regardless, right? So, as, as far as I'm concerned, can you blame Marco for wanting to talk about it? It's funny. So, um, but. Uh, I think the fact that you guys are obvious, I mean, you guys are anti-MLM when done wrong, pro-MLM when done done right. He would be in the category of just anti-MLM altogether. So you guys are probably united on more than you're actually against, but I think that the lore has built up to a point where you guys almost have to hate each other. Would that be fair to say? Um, Scott, I'll let you, I, I don't want to hog this part of the conversation the you know there's lines that are crossed. Uh, you could trash talk, um, and then you could cross a line. Marco's crossed crossed too many lines. So mm-hmm. um, so Marco's yeah, crossed main, too many lines. The main the main line he crossed for me is when he was talking about being a cocaine dealer. Uh, I, I will not associate you with that type of a person. So it's over, you know, as far as him being on the show, it's over. Uh, I just mm-hmm. don't associate with that kind of a character. Now he's done many, many other things. He's bragged about stealing from all kinds of different companies um, and, and just, just flat out lying. In fact, he's even said on his own show, I'm a very good liar. So, you know, why would you want to associate with someone who brags about stealing from companies being a cocaine dealer, lying. I mean, what, what's to be gained from associating with somebody like that? There's, there's nothing. And he doesn't bring anything unique to the table. He's just echoing all of the other anti-MLM Huns out there um, that are just as clueless. Um, they just don't do the real stupid things that he's done. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I come from. I don't hate him as a person. I hate what he's done. Um, but, you know, that's... It, it, it's up to me who I want to associate with, and, yeah. and I don't want to associate yeah. with him. And just to use as an example relative something? to lying oh. things, yeah, just to use an example relative to lying things, he's like lying is bad. When he's talking to, um, I forget which debate he was doing. I think he was doing a debate with um, Dominic. He's like lying is bad, mm-hmm. lying is bad, lying is bad, lying is bad. And yet, you know, next video, he's just as bad as, I hate to say it, Eric Worre. Because if you ever watch Eric War, you say, wait a minute, on this video you said this, on this video you said exactly the opposite. So, Marco, when you're talking to uh, Dominic, and Dominic is saying something, he's like, lying is bad, lying is bad. And then you go on the other one, he's like, I'm a really great liar. So you realize the guy's just mentally confused. He's mentally deranged where he cannot see that separation, and that's why he says he has a mental illness. Now, he's not retarded, and that's why I said he's got a highly functioning mental illness because mm-hmm. he's a quick thinker. Even what he said about me and Robert Fitzpatrick, he made shit up as he went along when he listened to Robert Fitzpatrick's words. He made shit up as he goes along. The guy's like, holy shit, Marco, you can't even tell the truth. Like, you are a pathological liar. Like, I know people that are patholo- pathological liars. 
and I've lived with them, I've worked with them, and I can identify them. This guy's a pathological liar. So that's one of the reasons why he, there's very smart pathological liars. And I, when you say smart, like highly functioning, they're good at being a pathological liar, but that's Marco. So back to, you know, not to distract, but I just wanted to point out some things that Scott referenced and just to kind of give some people some specific examples. Watch his videos, and then you'll see what, he, what he's talking about. And, like, for instance, yeah. even this move. I don't try. I bet you. Now, I don't care because, like, this move that he's making, he's either got no money because his donations are down, or he's scared for shit because somebody at that M- uh, WFG thing that was sitting there watching them in the attendance that didn't say anything found out where he lived and is probably going to beat the shit out of him, or worse. So, if all, any or all of those things are happening, I don't know if he's moving. Like, the reality is, he could be thinking that he's outsmarting everybody else. He's not moving. He's going to stay exactly where he is. He's going to do enough of these videos. He'll change his little background. He'll make up some stories because he's a pathological liar. No one knows anything about Marco. And the reality is, if he's going to be fleeing the country, yeah, right. I'm sure he's fleeing the country. Where where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? How are you going to provide for yourself? I mean, it's just a waste of time. Uh, So anyway, so back to um, whatever else you wanted to bring up. Sure. So let, let's tie that all together. We're coming into the last 30 minutes here. So I want to tie in what you just said. So you're talking about how is he really leaving the country or not? Scott, you had mentioned that uh, you don't feel that he brings anything new to the table, uh, that the anti-MLM hunts, as you say, uh, do. Now, the one thing that I think is a key factor that kind of brings these two things together is the fact that there is something unique that he does bring to the table, and that is MLM infiltrations. Him doing the exposés like he's done for WFG, ACN, and uh, most recently Primerica, which then ties into what you were just talking about, Peter, the fact that he's getting sued for it, right? And clearly uh, he has, even though he's never been sued by WFG, he clearly has beef with them, right? The, the guy at his gym that tried to lie about him assaulting him or whatever else, right? And for those reasons, that's why he's, in your opinion, quote-unquote moving, but maybe not actually moving right so that's an interesting point that i wanted that i've thought about and i wanted to ask both of you the question let's start with scott since you haven't had a chance to talk too much scott do you think that uh marco's take on i am academy and primerica was wrong let's start uh do you think he's the infiltration uh no i don't think he's being wrongfully sued um, because he did the infiltration stuff, which is fine, but then he goes overboard and makes all kinds of claims, and that's the basis for the lawsuit, and, or lawsuits, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's just always stupid. He, he, he goes too far, and he gets sued. And he's got, I think, at least two, maybe three lawsuits right now, and, and the guy doesn't make much money. Um, and, and he thinks that he's, he's going to get away with it because he doesn't have much money. Uh, and I don't know what the laws are in Canada, but in the United States, if you're sued in civil court and you lose, they can garnish future wages. And, and so, you know, he thinks he's free and clear, um, but I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. Peter? Well, we call him always stupid Marco for a reason. So if you watch, echoing what Scott said, if you're trying to identify some bad practices, there's right ways and there's wrong ways to do it. 
And if you watched the Primerica video and then his video after the Primerica video, he said some pretty damning things that were threats to people that were Primerica, like, I'll make sure that you're, you're going to lose your business and this is the last thing you'll ever do. And he said the same thing about some other people as well. He's made some real personal threats against some other people, which is, okay, that's always stupid, Marco. Can't be doing that. So that's what he's done. The reality is is that he's, he's when, put it this way, when he announced at the beginning of the thinking of the year that this is what he was doing, I'm like, this guy doesn't understand that he is putting a bullseye on himself. He's self-inflicting his own demise. He doesn't know how to do it the right way. He's going to go out there and do things the wrong way, get his ass sued, um, be run out of town. And these are the things that we predicted. And for those people that are wondering, I predicted it. I just said, I'm gonna, you know, I don't have to do anything to Marco. <laughs> Repeating, I don't have to do anything to Marco. Marco is going to do everything to himself, and that's what we're watching. And his game plan is so, so ill-advised. So it's designed to fail. His, his infiltration thing is designed to fail. He doesn't have what it takes to be able to do it. His way he does his videos designed for failing. The people he associates with designed for failing. And I hope he gets, I hope he's successful to the degree that someone would be successful here, which translates into you're destroying your financial future and your reputation because your name's out there, pal. And unfortunately, it doesn't go away on the internet. So you are destroying any possibilities of future growth legitimately. I mean, you're pigeonholed. You're cementing yourself into some place you're not going to be able to get out of at 27 or 28 years old. And I'm enjoying the process. So having said that, always stupid, Marco. Now, if you said, you know, do you feel bad David, for have you seen, David, have you seen no. the Rumble video where we talked about being a cocaine dealer? Um, I have not. I, I know I've I've listened to you guys reference it multiple times. Um, well, if you and, if you go to rumble if you go to rumble dot com, there's a user on there called Text Text T E X T E X all one word, and it's a two and a half hour video, and he talks about being a cocaine dealer along with his buddy Philip and, and a bunch of other stupid stuff um, in that video. Um, and and if you watch that video, and I say that's why I don't want to associate with the guy. I think it becomes pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and Scott, I don't uh, – I mean, drugs have ruined – you guys, we, we had a conversation just before I got on the show about how I have an identical twin, and his life has been ruined uh, through cocaine and meth. I mean, absolutely ruined. And if I had a chance to meet the guy that's been selling him all this shit for the last five years, I'd have a – I would, wouldn't want anything to do with him either. Let's just put it that way. So I totally understand – that perspective and why you wouldn't want to associate with him because of the drugs. Now, I also do think that uh, when you're young and I mean, I'm from his same generation, me and Mark are almost the same age. I can tell you that there's nothing, almost every person in our generation wanted to be two things when they grew up, either an astronaut or a YouTuber. I mean, that was the dream, right? So <laughs> I don't, I don't put it past someone when they're 19 or 20 to go online and admit some things they probably shouldn't have admitted. Uh, in hopes that they would get clout. Uh, now, does that make it right? No. But at the same time, 
when you put all, all your cards on the table, it's really easy for people to hate you for something. So, uh, I mean, I've grown up my whole entire life being a very talkative, outspoken person, and I'll tell you what, I've been not liked by most people. I was bullied all the way through high school because when someone doesn't talk, how, you know what? The only thing you can not like about them is that they're not talking. But if they talk all the time, you can very quickly find something that you don't like. Again, though, uh, not taking away the fact that uh, you don't want to be associated with a cocaine dealer. Again, I would punch the teeth out of the guy that keeps selling my brother meth. So I, I feel you on that for sure. So, but uh, now, real quickly, it, though, I want to use, to use, ahead, Peter. To use one example, it may be either you heard it or didn't hear it, but one of Marco's guests, Scott, I think her name was Eliza. I think I'm not sure, um, had a problem with drugs. And we had her on our radio show, and we had an interesting conversation about drugs and issues because for those people that are unfamiliar with my son he had a problem with drugs as well so you know we can have constructive conversations about the real challenges associated with drugs um Mm -hmm. and then she goes back and kind of slams us on marco's channel after we're done i have no idea why um but then uh marco starts making all these stupid comments uh, about me as a dad, which doesn't mean anything because you've got to remember the source coming from Marco. It just tells you his level of intellect and the idea of what's happening with drugs in this society. And I don't know anything about your brother, but your your brother was a victim of the drug challenges that many people were associated with. And to think that someone could sell drugs and not understand, and not understand the ramifications of whatever they might have done, either directly or indirectly, and make a statement of, oh, well, if if – he didn't buy them from me. He would have bought them from someone else. Just really tells you the level of mental illness, because if you're that smart and you say things like that, you're mentally ill. Like you are mentally ill. There's something wrong with you by saying the things that you say without addressing the situations the way we're addressing the situations. And that's that's why you can't have Marco on a show. He's too stupid to be able to have on a show. You can't have an intellectual conversation with somebody who's mentally not right. Um, So back to whatever else you want to mention next. And we have about 24 total minutes left. Sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, kind of goes in – there's a lot of things in life, like people who will tell you, oh, well, it didn't affect me, so it it doesn't matter. Well, all of our actions affect everybody, right? So – if, if, if that's your mindset, I can already tell that you're only thinking on one level, right? You're only thinking about what you can see, touch, hear, and smell, right? You're not thinking about the impact that might ripple through the multiple layers. So the statement on its own, you know, if I didn't sell to someone, then uh, someone else would have. Technically, yes, maybe if you're only looking at that sliver of time. But, of course, if no one sold any drugs, then no one would be on drugs. But there's supply and demand conversations there. I mean, that, that, that conversation could go forever. Uh, back to the lawsuit part, though. Uh, basic. I, do you guys think that? So you guys think that the lawsuits are legitimate because Marco maybe got too personal in the videos, made too many direct threats, that sort of thing. But like, let's just let's let's go a step further. Then, what's what's your opinion on I Am Academy? Do you guys think that I Am Academy is MLM done right? I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen data to make a judgment. Uh, mm. there, there's there's definitely troubling things that all MLMs say, um, but I, again, I boil it down to tool scams and retail sales. And, and now, if you're doing those things right, that doesn't make the business perfect. But there's no business that's perfect because uh, 
Right. Businesses are run by people, and no person is perfect. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where if you don't fix the big things, talking about all the little things to me is a waste of time because you could fix every little thing you want to fix, but if you still have lack of retail sales and tool scams, very little will really change overall. You know, you got to fix those big rocks uh, and focus on those two things. All the other stuff is is to me, it's a distraction, and it, it's distracting from the big problems. And that's why I sure. stay focused on those two things. It's not that I deny these things exist. They do. You know, all these statements about you got to go out and recruit a bunch of people. Okay, that's, that's you know, interesting to talk about. But the question is, do they have retail sales? Yes or no? Uh, and that's the question that has to be answered. Um, rather than all these little things that are being said, um, and you say, oh, I got you. You know, you said that thing, so I got you. Well, maybe you do. But until you get the information uh, about retail sales and tool scams, all you're doing is conjecture. Right. Peter, did you have anything to add to that? Sure. On I am Acon, on I am Academy. Um, lots of the times I look at the leaders and how they're promoted, and that can usually tell you what's probably behind the scenes. And when you're dealing with investments, investment strategies, money making ideas, stuff like that, you usually need a more sophisticated audience. And MLMers are not a more sophisticated audience. So that means that most people that are going to probably get be getting involved are going to lose. And they're going, to, they're going to lose a lot. And most of the money in IM Academy has to be made probably by recruiting unless you're actually using the product and using the investment strategies. So having said what I just said, most MLMers are not good at investment strategies, so therefore they're probably going to lose money on their investments. And some of them, you know, there's, there's things in MLM I call the triple Gs, goofy, gullible, and greedy. Uh, MLMers are really good at going all in based on no due diligence. So I just don't like those kinds, and this is personal personal taste. I don't like those kinds of things because sometimes they attract the goofy, the gullible, and the greedy. Now, some of the leadership, I'm definitely not you know, on board with anything that's going on with IM Academy. I won't mention them specifically, but some of the promoters themselves, I'd run away. Like, I'd run away. I've, I've never jumped into the product and the compensation plan and all the other things because most of the times, even if they were okay, the opportunity would be screwed up by the people that are in and the people that are talking about it. So I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. So that's my thing about I Am Academy. Whether it's a good company or a bad company, I don't know. But the reality is is that the promoters and the people that I know that I've seen the videos on, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. So, again, they could, it could be the best product in the world with the best compliance and the best everything. It's the distributors that are going to screw it up, and I bet you with I Am Academy, they've done a pretty good job. Now, a pretty good job so, screwing it up, right? <laughs> screwed it up. Yeah, screwed it up. Yeah. Screwed it up yeah, now. I just wanted to be clear. Could, 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 I, could Marco and other YouTubers serve a purpose by kind of explaining what I just said and showing examples of what I just said? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did Marco need to take it as far as he did by basically 
going to try to destroy a woman's business or maybe even get her terminated by doing this infiltration videos. I've never really liked infiltration videos on probably really good people that might be involved even in a scam, but to expose them and damage their lives moving forward, I don't think is a, is a good thing. But, you know, that's, that's, those are my personal opinions, and those don't really matter that much in, in the worldly view. But I just don't like them because I think they're like gotchas. So, like, the gal who was interviewing him, she was probably – or, yeah, interviewing him, and he had this, you know, fake you know, image camera or hidden camera. I, I think that's, that kind of gotcha stuff really stinks. And David may have – oh, David may have fallen off. Hold on one second. Okay. Dave, yeah, David yeah, fell off. No, I think, Peter, David, you're uh, back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the so call I dropped, but I, I called right back. I've been hearing you guys the whole I time. You, I caught it all. Okay, good. So I, I don't like that gotcha kind of video because it really is damaging on people. I'll use another example. Um, on Behind MLM, there was just something about GS Partners getting a, another slam, and GS Partners probably deserved it. But there's this young new distributor who did a meeting in a library in Florida, and one of the investigators came in, and they caught this guy doing a meeting in Florida. Nobody showed up except for the investigators and himself, and he did something. So it was kind of embarrassingly rookie, if you will. Now this guy's got his name plastered all over um, behind MLM. And like you had mentioned a little bit earlier, you, you might have made some rookie mistakes a little bit earlier on in your career. If you need them blasted all over the place, you made a rookie mistake. You might have even been deceived, and that's how you made your rookie mistake. I don't like those gotcha videos because I think it's unfair and can be taken out of context and I think the person who is then the victim of that infiltration video can really be damaged yeah clearly uh, one thing that you mentioned you were talking about the woman Are you, were you referencing the Primerica video that he did where he went in with that interview with the woman during the Primerica yeah Absolutely. Uh, okay, gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Because we were talking about I am Academy, but then I figured that that's because I'm pretty sure that on the I am video he was it was pretty much all just uh, video. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a little like bit that. I'm a little bit different than Peter there. I don't mind the gotcha videos. You know, if if you're breaking the rules and and you're captured on video breaking the rules, then you should be exposed. That, that's my opinion. So Peter and I differ on that a little bit. I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from, but. It, yeah, but in this day and age, you should be aware that when when you're doing something like that, there could be consequences. Whereas when Peter and I were young, um, the technology didn't exist. And so you could you could do that pretty much safely, right? You knew you weren't being recorded because recorders were, you know, the size of a lunchbox. Um, but now, you know, you can put a camera, a video camera in a pen, and that's what Marco and other people do. And, and so you should be aware of technology and understand what you're doing and saying uh, in this day and age. Yeah, but Scott, like, let's, use, let's, let's go back to the Amway thing. If you're, if you're selling this whole transfer buy thing, which is the way mostly people are being pitched this Amway thing, oh, no sales, just transfer buy. Um, and that's what your culture is, and that's what everybody around you is. And then you, you know, you're somewhat successful doing whatever this culture is. And then all of a sudden, somebody picks up a video camera, and then videos you basically regurgitating everything that you were told by your trusting upline. That's 
that's kind of like that person themselves is a victim as well. A lot of the problems with MLM is most people don't know what a, if if we if we had a man on the street kind of a thing where we went and we asked most people that were in MLM, what's a pyramid? What's a Ponzi? I would be comfortable with that 99.7% getting it mostly wrong. Like they would probably get it mostly wrong. This is an industry where most people really don't understand this industry because they don't research this industry. They do what they're told by their upline or their upline leadership. So in those instances, catching that gal on camera, she's just basically been doing what she's been told that was legal and right, and she built a whole business that way for X amount of years. And then to say that she's a crook or somebody doing something wrong, I think is a little bit harsh. So if somebody wants to timestamp, you know, Scott and I may be having a disagreement. You know, there's there's the there's a one of the examples where we might change our definitions of like when I think an infiltration video is going to be good or bad. Yeah, and, and, well, and I, I would say in that case that it really wasn't the woman that was being exposed; it was her upline. And, and that's where the accountability should go. It shouldn't just stop with her because what you mentioned earlier in this program, Peter, was almost exactly the quote from my upline. Buy from yourself and teach others to do the same. That's what they taught over and over and over again. Um, and, and so they were basically saying everything's internal consumption. Don't worry about selling. It's okay. Um, and, and so if I had been caught saying that kind of thing, then – the expectation should have been, well, who told you to say that? Well, my upline. And, and so that's the accountability, because I agree with you, Peter. Most people that are MLM do not understand what an illegal pyramid is. They, they have no idea um, what they're doing uh, because they're just following what their upline is telling them to do. But the accountability is with the upline, not with the person that said it. Right. And then by showing her specifically – that damages the individual who thought she was doing the right thing. Like there was nothing scammy about that woman that I, I, when I watched that video the first time um, and I only watched it once just to go through it. Um, when I watched it, I'm like, you know, this woman is just, she's just doing what she's been told. She built a business right. and running an operation based on what she's been told. She sells products mm -hmm. Um, to retail customers, when she recruits people, she's telling people what she's been told. And now she's being basically featured on a video. The Primerica people are going to have no choice other than fire her. People around her neighborhood or around her business model or, or look up her name if it ever gets out is going to be seeing that. And that's, that's a little bit harsh. So uh, I'm a softy when it comes to that sort of thing because I consider her a victim as well. Even though she might have been doing something quote-unquote illegal based on the FTC's definition, she's doing exactly what she's been told. But if, if the company was responsible, they would go after her upline. They would not just get rid of her. But that is what most MLMs do. They say, oh, this is a loose cannon. This is an exception. We got rid of her, and everything's fine now. And so that accountability at the company level is, is not present because the company knows very well that's what she was taught. And just to get rid of her and, and let it stop at that, that's wrong. And, and that's what we need to be talking about. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, no one's going to remember her in a year. 
you know, Narco's video was taken down. There's been some others um, that have put it back up, but the viewership is so low. You know, it, 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 it's 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 probably in the hundreds of total views, and most of these are just looky loos. They're not employers or any anybody who's responsible. You know, they're just people that you know like to chase rumors and 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 drama and that kind of thing. It, it's not anyone that really counts as far as you know her life. Um, sure. and, and so, uh, and and, and I would I, if if I was if I was her. I would say that's what I was taught. You know, I would go on YouTube myself and say, look, the company got rid of me, but that's what my upline taught, and here's my upline's names. All right? That's what I would do um, to, to counter that. Can I add something and, to this real quick? I, absolutely. Yeah, so, and the, I mean, just to give my take on it, so, I mean, you, you, you don't like the gotcha so much. Scott likes it. I'm in the camp of I like it, so I think that, in today's day and age, you can very quickly go viral by doing the wrong thing and make a bunch of money, but you can also very quickly get exposed and drop down because you get exposed for doing the wrong thing. Now, going on to the extension of that, which you're talking about, Peter, that you don't like that that woman possibly, you know, people might find out who she is and she might get defamed where she lives or get fired or whatever else, and then Scott's on, Scott, you're right, on your side, it's the upline that should be hit, and if you watch that video, uh, Marco spends most of his time talking about that young prodigy guy who now owns all these houses because Marco even says himself, he says, look, I understand that most of the people at the bottom don't know what they're doing. They don't understand that it's a scam. They're just, they just believe a friend, right? They just, the only, the only thing they have a flaw for themselves is that they believed a friend. And um, like, and a good example of that would be in the I am Academy video. There was that uh, African-American gentleman, uh, Fidel, that in the in the first episode he exposes him. You know, he even the, it starts out with him. You know, the clip of oh yeah, you know your your grandma dying might have been a blessing in disguise. And you know that's a really effed up thing to say. But then later, you know, he says, look, I understand that he doesn't actually know what he's saying. And now they're best friends. So um, I think that Marco, if you guys want to give him any piece of credit, he he has tried very hard to make sure that the focus is on the people at the top because once you're if you're at the top of an unstable uh, recruit, recruit, recruit system, you cannot deny it to yourself. You know that that's how you're making money. You can't deny it. So anyway, I just wanted to say that before we run out of time as far as the subject of gotcha videos and uh, who should be pinned in said videos. Yeah, like take a look yeah, at this gal. I mean, I, if, I, if I remember the I gal, she went here. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I just wanted to make the, the quick comment that most people that are in MLMs do not understand that they're supposed to have retail sales. They, they don't know it. They're, they're unaware of it. Now the company knows it, the, the upline knows it, but it's not being taught. And so it's being repeated, recruit, recruit, recruit. Uh, but the accountability is at the top, not at the person at the bottom that's only doing what they're being taught to do. Um, sorry about that, Peter, go right ahead. No, no, no. And the, the biggest thing about the gotcha videos, it's more of a personal basis, I think. I mean, that gal, from the Primerica video, I think, she, didn't she, like, meet this guy on a Sunday, spend some special time with just him, answer all his questions? Sure, she did a presentation for him. I don't think she was desperate for him as a new recruit. I think she's probably still in business with or without that one new person. So, I mean, he really takes advantage of people's kindness, um, even though, of course, it's their business as well. But, I mean, she did, David, just like I did with you. You called me up, 
have some questions. There may or may not be a fin- – I'm not asking as a financial uh, return on our conversation, but she knows that not everybody's going to join. So she shows up on a Sunday. She gives this guy his time. She buys his story about being sick or whatever other bullshit. He's good because he's a con man. And I just see him taking advantage of that situation, um, and he probably could have found somebody else to be the victim of his Primerica video. But – that's again my. Opinion. I can respect Marcus that criticism. I can res- I can respect that criticism. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I think like I. It sounds to me like maybe it's 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 the moral of it that you're like, maybe it's okay to do a gotcha video, but don't pick on this lady who just is trying to do her job. Would that be a come fair on? Assessment? She's doing her job. She's got a career that she's been working on. She does a lot of good things, I'm sure. She's not a she's not a horrible person. You can tell that by the way she treated him, and he just basically threw her under the bus. He's he's yeah. Like, I, I would say I, I would have preferred that he went. I, I would say I would have preferred him to go after a high level distributor, not a low level distributor. Yeah. Okay, so That's you got it. a couple of minutes. Is, is there anything else you want to? First of all, we, I appreciate you having this conversation with us because I think this is a constructive conversation. Yeah, no, I've I've, uh, I've had a really good time. I can't believe it's already been 90 minutes. Hope that uh, maybe in the future, if there's an opportunity, that we could maybe continue. There's a few other things that I really did want to talk about that uh, we sure. were not able to get to today. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been great. I, I think that you know, I think that the big thing that, that sticks out to me, and maybe is if we could tease it today and maybe later, if the, if the time allows, we could have a conversation about it. Is kind of, I mean, it's like okay, this example, this example, Primerica, I am Academy, Amway. I mean, we've only covered three of the hundreds, right? Um, but the overall sentiment seems to be that if recruiting gets out of control, aka you lose sight of retail sales, that's when things start to go downhill. You add tools, it's over, right? And I know that for a long, a long portion of our conversation, uh, Peter was about your history as Electrolux, and I was probably showing a little bit of my ignorance that um, I was actually under the impression that when you were with Electrolux, it was a multi-level structure as in, you know, if if you sold vacuums, of course, you made a commission, but then if uh, someone else, if you recruited somebody on your team, that you would get a portion of their sales as well, therefore multi-level. Um, but regardless of the fact, it seems to me like the more that it gets discussed, the more that it seems that the better business model is just direct sales. You know what I mean? If there's all these issues with possibly spending too much time in recruiting or people being sold on the, you know, being miseducated. I mean, if, if the goal is, hey, come work for me, you're going to sell this product and that's it. You know, it, it would remove so many of the puzzle pieces, the loose ends that can lead to someone being scammed or lead to someone losing money. So I guess uh, because, that's kind of an opinion of mine, but uh, I'll leave it with that. Yeah. Well, because I grew up in that industry, I can give you plenty of real legitimate examples of what happened then, what happens now as well, because even though it's been a while, um, the reality is is a lot of those same practices are still happening today, as we kind of discussed with Amway when Scott has his Amway people on here. But we're going to run out of time, so Scott, give out your website one more time, and then I want David to be able to say whatever he wants in closing. Yeah, just a real quick comment. I've said before on the show if I was king for a day, I would get rid of MLM. It would be direct sales only because it is very troubling as far as the tendencies to recruit and not sell. But I don't expect anyone to offer me that job, king for a day, and I want to do what I think is achievable, um, which is holding MLM's feet to the fire for retail sales and tool scams. 
um, just like AdvoCare did, right? AdvoCare got sideways with the FTC and ended up going to direct sales instead of MLM. That's what I think most MLMs would do if the FTC was doing their job properly. Um, they, they would either go out of business or they would go into direct sales and drop the MLM model. So, yeah, let me just – and, David, you're more than welcome to come back because this has been a constructive conversation, um, unlike some of them we had with other people in the, in the, in the past. Um, and I'll just give my website real quick, and, David, let, let you make any final comments that you want to make, and then we'll – call it a night and uh, and have you back sometime. I mean, it could be as early as next Saturday if you want. It's, you know, we don't, we don't have a guest yet for next week, so it's open. And if you'd like to come back uh, in one week, you're welcome to do that. Um, so my, my uh, Facebook page is where you can find the links to my three websites, YouTube channel, the link to this radio show, and my email. And it's facebook.com slash Johnson. That's S-C-O-T-T-T-E-X-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, all one word. David, thanks for coming on and having an intelligent conversation. And uh, let you have the last word, and and, uh, maybe we'll have you back next Saturday. Sure, yeah. Thanks again for having me. Uh, Great conversation. And just, I guess if I was going to leave you with anything, just uh, hope that maybe someday we can figure out a way to get Mark on the show. But I appreciate you guys' comments about him. And, uh, Really, I just look forward to talking more about that last point, the direct sales and the difference, and I'd love to hear Peter Mingle's uh, comments on it. And, again, I just appreciate you guys giving me the time. Well, thank you, David. Okay, we'll catch everybody next week on Building Fortunes Radio. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the BuildingFortunesRadio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.